Rosh Hashanah, Judgment Day. It's the last day of the year, the night before Rosh Hashanah. And so together, we are all now facing the Day of Judgment. That means it's a serious time in our lives, very serious. One of the outstanding features of Erev Rosh Hashanah is my flesh shudders from your terror, and I am afraid of your judgments. Tehillim. That's important for everyone to put foremost in his mind the fear of the Yom Hadin. Even David, Hashem's beloved, said, Ve'al tavo mishpat et avdecha ki lo yitzdak lefanecha kol chai. Don't come in judgment with your servant because no living one will be righteous before you. There's so much that is necessary to say because we're facing not only the day of judgment. Of course, that's the foremost thing on our minds. But actually, we're facing the rest of our lives too because so much is decided on these days. Sometimes a person could be judged now forever. For instance, a man might be judged on Rosh Hashanah that he is going to move into a good neighborhood. He might be sent some good chaverim and he'll start going to the right shurim. And so this man is now being given a zechus that will help him his entire life. It will help him in the next world too. And it could be chas v'shalom the opposite. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is displeased with him. And so he says, move to a far off small town in New Jersey where there are very few from Jews. Your children won't have good opportunities to become from. They will go to local day schools where everybody has televisions and they talk about actors and baseball heroes all the time. And what will happen to his wife? She will get modern ideas from the neighbors and after a while, you become ruined. Your wife is ruined. Your children are ruined. Your success begins to unravel. In Godson. And all of that happened on one Rosh Hashanah. It means that we're talking now about a Psach for all of your life. And not only for this life, but Leor Beor Hachayim. It affects Oilam Haba as well. And therefore, it would be worthwhile to find some kind of formula, some derech, that would help us to succeed, not only on this last day, but something that would help us to succeed for many, many days to come. So we'll begin now with some verses from Eov that relate to the Day of Judgment. Everyone remembers when Eov was lying in great misery, sick and paupered. He had lost everything. His wife, his children, and his wealth were gone. Now Eov was an Ishtam B'yashar, a man of great righteousness, and therefore he complained that he didn't understand why HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent a disaster upon him. And so a number of Eov's friends came to visit him, to console and to strengthen him. Each one of them spoke about valuable and precious words. But after they finished, there came one Elihu ben Barachel. He was certainly a Yisrael. The others, it's a question. It could be. They were from the Chachmei Ha'umas. But Elihu ben Barachel was a Yisrael. And so we'll listen to his words carefully. Ach, Amarta, Be'oznai. You, Eov, spoke in my ears. Vikol milin eshma. And I heard the sound of your words. And what are you saying in effect? You're complaining. Zach ani beli posha. I am pure of any guilt. Chaf an oichi. only. I am clean. And there is no sin that can be held against me. And therefore, you're accusing Hashem. Hein teunot yimsa. Hashem is finding reasons to accuse me. Yachshiveni leoyevlo. And he considers me as an enemy. Now we have to understand that this was not because of any disrespect. We would never say that about Hashem because we are not on the madrega of Emuna that the Kodmonim were. For us, Hashem is a word in the Siddur, that's all. And nobody has any complaints against a word typed on a piece of paper. But in the ancient days, they believed that Hashem actually was a personality. Not a person, but a personality, which he is. Only that he is a tremendous personality that is Ein Sof, infinite, and he cannot be compared to anything else. Ein lo demutaguf, and mi domelo. Nothing can be compared to him, but it is an ikar of our amuna that HaKadosh Baruch is an active personality. He thinks and he acts according to his thoughts. He reacts to our deeds, good and bad, and he judges us accordingly. 
Now the Kadmonim felt this intensely. It was in their bones. And therefore, Eir felt that Hashem was unjustly blaming him. Yasim basad raglai. He puts my feet into socks like a prisoner. Yishmor kol archutai. And he limits all my paths. Hashem has closed before Eov all the paths of normal living, normal circumstances. He didn't even have a home anymore. He was lying on the public garbage heap, the ashpah. He was ruined. And he was pointing his accusing finger at Hashem. But Elihu didn't let Eov off the hook so easily. And he said, In these complaints, you are not righteous. And so I will answer you. You are not right. And I am going to set you straight. Can a man be greater and better than Hashem? When it comes to a quarrel between Hashem and a person, can a person ever be right? Madua elav why did you quarrel with Hashem? Ki kol divarav lo ya'ane. When the truth is that you're not going to be answered in a way that you imagine. Now, he begins explaining what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is doing for your benefit. In order to improve people, HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends them messages and they shouldn't be ignored. The first step is the most lenient and the easiest step. Bachalom, in the dream, Bechezion Laila, in a vision of the night. Binfol tardema al hanoshim, when slumber falls upon people. Bitunumot alei mishkav, when they are lying on their beds. Then Hakadosh Baruch Hu sometimes gives them a hint of what He is displeased with them, of that which they have to try to change. Now that's the most painless kind of hint. Azigale oizen anoshim, He uncovers the ears of man. In their dreams, they see their wickedness. And the purpose is to help man discover his faults. Lahasir Adam Maase. To remove a man from doing wrong things. Vegeva Migever Yechase. And to remove pride and arrogance from a person. Sometimes the person doesn't realize what a Baal Gaiva he is. But in his dream, he lets go. And he says, he does certain things that only a very great Baal Gaiva would do. Now, although he didn't do it because he doesn't want people to think ill of him, he wants people to think well of him. But in his heart, it is nesting there. And so Hashem uses a dream to uncover his mind so that he should see what is wrong with him. Let's say in his dream, a person gets angry and hits somebody. Actually, he wouldn't do it while he is awake. But the fact that he dreamed it, that shows that he has the violence in him. Sometimes he might commit a big sin in his dream, immorality. Now he wouldn't do such a thing while awake, but it shows that in his mind, he is harboring wrong ideas. I remember years ago, I once dreamed I was sitting in a bathtub full of money. It was a dry bathtub packed with money. It was a pleasant dream, but in the morning I asked myself, why is it that I don't dream about Hashem? A very big kasha. Why don't I dream about Hashem? Maybe that Hashem spoke to me. Something else, maybe. It never happened. Years and years pass by and nothing. I talk about it all the time, but I never dreamed about it. The answer is now, I see what a hypocrite I am. A man is shown in a dream what he really thinks about. It tells you the truth about yourself. You understand that? A dream sometimes reveals to you important things about yourself. And what's the purpose? The purpose is, Hashem wants to save this man from the grave. And his neshama, it means his life, is being protected from passing through the sword. Otherwise, the man will continue becoming worse, and he'll have to leave this world. Who knows what would happen to him if the dream hadn't put him on the right path. And so, Elihu said, it is for our benefit, whatever he does, because he is pointing out to us those things that we must improve. Now, suppose he didn't pay attention to the dream. Then HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes the next step. He will be rebuked with sickness, with pain, on his couch. He will be lying in bed suffering from pain. And most of his bones will turn hard. They will become ossified. 
and he will have pain in his joints. And his soul refuses any food. He is lying sick and he can't even eat. Even dainties, which ordinarily everybody loves, he can't look at them because he is so sick. His flesh is consumed. It becomes very thin and he is down to his bones. And his bones now become scraped. Even the bones are misshapen. He is suffering in the joints and crookedness of the bones. Because he is not taken to hint, HaKadosh Baruch is increasing the reminders from all sides. It's one thing after another. His life is approaching the grave. And his soul is being given over to the destroyers on all sides. The wind blows and he catches a cold. When he walks, he falls down and breaks a bone. And now he's in bed for a few weeks. On all sides, Hashem is causing things to destroy him. Now the man is close to the brink of death, and it's the day of judgment. What should be the next step? I tried first with dreams, Hashem says, then with minor illnesses, and now major illnesses, and all kinds of troubles and disasters. But he hasn't changed yet. It seems like he doesn't listen to anything. What can I do with this man? So HaKadosh Baruch Hu summons together a whole assembly of Malachim, and all together... With HaKadosh Baruch Hu, at the head, they are going to judge him. What is the next step? There doesn't seem to be any hope for him. And so we'll set the scene the way it's presented to Eof. There are thousands of Malachim there, and they are all looking glum. Nobody is approving of this man, and it looks bleak. But then, all of a sudden, from the back, one of the Malachim pipes up. Im yesh alav Malach. One malach out of the thousand speaks up and says, I can relate some righteousness of this man. Somewhere in that congregation of malachim, a lone voice is heard. I have a good word to say about him. So now there's complete silence in the great tribunal and all the malachim turn to the judge and the voice of Hashem thunders forth. Stop! Let's Listen to him. Vayomer, and Hashem says, Pada ehu miredet shachat. Redeem him from going down into the grave of destruction. Matzati kofer. I have found a redemption. Vichunenu. And Hashem spares him. He doesn't push him over the brink into the grave. What happens now? Rutapash bisoro minoar. He begins to recover. Because of this one malach who spoke up and defended him, this very ill man's flesh that was wasting away because of his illness becomes youthful and ruddy. Yashuv limi alumov. He becomes young and well again. And with that, we begin our subject for tonight. Because that's what happens on Rosh Hashanah. The Gemara in Shabbos says that when the day of judgment comes, every person gets his day in court. On the Yom Adin, all the Malachim assemble in the great tribunal to testify about a person. And they all have what to say about him. Now before we continue, a question has to be asked. Who are these Malachim that are able to sit in judgment? Actually, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has all kinds of Malachim. Ose Malachav Ruchot. He makes the winds his messengers. Mishartav Eish Lohet. The burning heat of the sun can be his messenger. But in this instance, the word malach means an angel. Malach means a messenger. But when it's a messenger of Hashem, we call it an angel. But the question is, why should these malachim have anything to say about the person? And the answer is, these malachim are the creations that the person himself made. Ha'oisem mitzvah achat, lo praklit echat. When a person does a mitzvah, he acquires one malach that will speak for him. If he does an Avera, he acquires a Kategor, a prosecuting Malach, Pirke Avos. And therefore, when we consider who are these Malachim that are speaking up in the base Din Shalmala, we understand that they are the handiwork that you created by means of all the things that you did. Once a man was trying to bring a heavy load, let's say from the Lieber's Chocolate Company or the Pashkis Candy Company, he was carrying boxes into a store, but he couldn't open the door. And you stepped over and you held the door open for him 
for a second. Azov ta'azov imo. You helped a fellow Jew. A malach. Or a person was walking in the street in front of you and he dropped a dollar. You say, mister, stop. It's a mitzvah if it's a from Jew. Stop. You dropped a dollar on the spot. A mitzvah deoraisa of ashava saveda. Another malach. Maybe your chaver in the yeshiva said a sharp something to you and you had what to retort. But you remembered HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and you turned away. Oh, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, that is a malach. No matter what they say to me, I will just be afar. I will let him step on me. Let people step on you. That's another malach. Now these malachim are all there on the Yom Hadin. They are gathered there to judge you. There are other malachim there too who are saying the opposite. Other angels created by other not so good deeds of yours. And each one has something to say. And that's what the Pasuk says in Eve. If there's a malach that speaks up on your behalf, that's very important. You need advocates. You need malachim to defend you. Even one malach might tilt the scales in your favor. A person is nidon achar rubo. He is judged according to the majority of his deeds. And you never know. By the way, that's why it's important before Rosh Hashanah and during all of the Aseris Yimei Shuva. If you can get in some more good deeds, grab the opportunity. You can never tell. It might be that your scale is shoive b'shoive. The zechuyos and not zechuyos are exactly balanced. And that's dangerous. That's why it pays tomorrow or tonight even to be busy writing out checks. You want to get as much merit as you can earn before the day of judgment. Whatever you can do on the last day in the year, do. Write checks for good causes because each check will have wings and it will fly. Or if you sit down to learn five minutes, that is a malach. It's a big malach and it will speak with a big mouth on your behalf. And so don't waste any time. Get busy right now doing whatever you can in these last days to do things. To be machria lekavzuchus. To add malachim to the scale in order to save yourself. But now we're going to see that it's not one malach. Even one part of a malach could save you. I'll explain that. Rabbi Eliezer Eliezer says, Even if it's only one thousandth of a malach that is speaking up for you, that could save you from destruction. Gemara Shabbos. Here is a case when even the malachim who saw his good deeds didn't approve of him. That's how it is in the next world. Everything is ois gesht gabont. Every detail of every act you do, every little thought of yours is weighed with the utmost precision. And so tomorrow, while you're standing in the shul davening Musaf, it could be that while you're shaking, at the same time there's a malach talking against you. It's true he's in the base of says, but he's just shaking. He's not really thinking too much about what he's saying. Another malach is talking a mile a minute against you. He says, yes. He gave tzedakah yesterday, but he announced his gift to charity in order for people to think well of him. Or, he was honest with his partner, but it was because he didn't want the partner to cheat him. Or he didn't want to get into trouble with the government. So all these malachim, even those who are reporting his good deeds, are criticizing him. No matter, Hashem listens to that little bit of good that the malach said, and he rescues you. That's what the Gemara says. Even if you don't have a malach that will speak up for you entirely. But echad mini elef, one thousandth of a malach, will speak up. That one malach might not be entirely approving of you, but he is willing to defend you. This man has something in him. There's something, a little something that he went out of his way to do. Last week, he spoke gently to his wife. When she said something to him, he bought something from the street. And he thought he got a big bargain. And she was ridiculing him that she can get it cheaper someplace else. And he didn't say anything. He said, maybe you're right. A thousand other times he opened up his big mouth. And he put his foot right into it. But this time, says the malach, he kept his mouth closed. He did it. He kept his mouth shut. Oh, Hashem said, that's what I wanted to hear. You say there is something in him. I want to hear that. 
So one thousandth of that malach, among a thousand malachim, if he speaks up, so Hashem pays attention, and he says, if that is the case, I am going to rescue him from falling into destruction. HaKadosh Baruch is waiting patiently, listening to all the accusations. And finally, when he hears this one thing, that's enough for him. And he says, Pedaehu meredet shachat. Give him another chance. Another year. Maybe next year he'll do better. Matzati kofer. I found a redemption for him. Let him live. So you'll ask me, Akasha, if a person is nidon achar rubo, if he's judged according to his majority of his deeds. So how could the fact that one little detail he is being defended by the Malach, it should outweigh all the other things that he did wrong? The scales are filled with hundreds of thousands of details of mitzvahs and maizim toivim and chas v'shalom the opposite too. It's an entire year. How many times did you say a kind word to your wife? How many times the opposite chas v'shalom? How many times did you write a check to tzedakah? How many times did you push it off and not get around to it? How many times did you make brachas with kavana? How many times not? So the scales are filled with hundreds of thousands, millions of bison. So what does this one thousandth of one malach mean? It's only mixas min hamixas. How could the fact that in one detail he is being defended by the malach outweigh all the other things that he did wrong? And the answer is, in Eov, it is stated as follows. After he finishes the whole story, he adds a postscript. Hain kol ela yifal kal. All these things Hashem does. Pamim, two times. Shalosh, and three times. Im gaved, with a man. Lahavshim nafsho mine shachat. To save him from destruction. Leor beorachayim. And he should use the happiness of life in this world. And in the next world, it means this. Nobody is permanently rescued because of one thousandth of a malach, but he gets a temporary reprieve. HaKadosh Baruch Hu withholds the gzardin because of this echad mine elef. He's waiting for a person to come back to him. And so he'll listen to that malach. It's not forever. It's only a temporary expedient, but it's a lifesaver. So now we are learning that it could be on Yom Hadin, a person is rubo but since there was something good in him, a genuine merit that he has, even if it's a small item, one thousandth of a deed, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, because of that one thing, I am going to give him another chance. I'll give him health and parnasa and good times too. And maybe during this next year, he will improve. It's true. The principle of Adam Nidon Achar Rubo is in general a principle. And for a person's entire life, it will hold good. But if a man has a little genuine real zechus in him, it can help him temporarily in order to get another chance. Now, when we look at the Pesukim in Eov, we see how this man, that's us, you should know, should make use of his reprieve. Yetar el Elok. He prays to Hashem. He says, Hashem, help me. Let me continue this way. It's true that he recovered his good health. But now he is praying to Hashem. Hashem, forgive me for what I did. I love you, Hashem. I am grateful to you. Please help me continue to be deserving of your mercy. And Hashem will accept him. Now that he shows that he is going to utilize his good health to return to Hashem fully. So Hashem said, I have accepted you. I will favor you from now on. Vayar panav bitrua. And he sees the face of Hashem with shouting of joy, with sounds of the trumpet. He recognizes the king now. That's what the trua means. It's a blowing of the shofar at the coronation of the king. Utruat melechbo. It is a day when the trumpet shouts for the king. After his day of judgment, he comes out alive. He made it. And so he redoubles his efforts to recognize the king. He won't wait till the last minute this time. Rosh Hashanah is over soon. Yom Kippur will come. And then Sukkot. And then it's winter time. And he knows that he's living on borrowed time. And so he'll utilize the reprieve that he was granted in order to get busy restoring himself to the full favor of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And it all began with that one malach 
they reported back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the one Malach who had one little thing to say about this man. Now, the question has to be asked, why does HaKadosh Baruch Hu need the Malachim to report back to him? To speak up and to be Malamed Zuchus, to say something good about the man and to save him from destruction. The whole thing seems to be anthropomorphic. You're putting Hashem like a human king who needs advisors. People who speak up. HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows. Hashem yodea machshavot Adam. He knows all of people's thoughts. And so what can Malachim tell him more than he already knows himself? Now there are two answers to this question and both are correct. It could be that there are more, but at least these two answers, understandable answers, we'll talk about now. One answer is that the whole thing is nothing but a charade. Although HaKadosh Baruch who calls together Malachim, it is not because he needs them. It's not because they have any input to his judgment. He judges entirely from his own tremendous mind, from his own thoughts. So who are the Malachim for? Once, a Rosh Hashiva asked one of his Talmudim, what are the Malachim doing all the time? The Talmud didn't know what to say. How should he know? The Rosh Hashiva said, you say it every day. They are always speaking about the glory of Hashem. That's what the Malachim are doing all the time. All right, the Bachar said. So that's what they're doing. What's that got to do with me? What's in my business? What the angels are doing up there in Shammai? And the answer is that the creation of the Malachim was only for us. The Malachim are in the world only because of the Am Yisrael. That's a secret that many people, even good people, never learned. The Malachim don't accomplish anything on their own. They have no free will, no reward, and no punishment. Whatever they are doing, which is reported to us by the Nevi'im and the Chachamim, it's all only for us. And that means that the calling together of thousands of malachim is intended to be a lesson for us. So we should learn what a mitzvah it is. A mitzvah is not like we think. Just something that we once did or thought or said. No, every mitzvah is in a special kind of creation. That's what the Kuzari says. He says that a mitzvah that is performed is a living entity, an actual creature. Now the Kuzari, you have to know, is a Rishan. He doesn't go into fantasies. He is practical, and his every word is counted. And so we have to listen to that. Even the smallest mitzvah is a living being that will stand in the Beisdin Shalmala and advocate for you. It doesn't have to be something with wings. The wings are just a form of vision that is granted to us so that we should see them and be impressed by them. A living mitzvah is higher than wings. It's something of ruchnius that is of tremendous power. It doesn't need any wings to propel itself. Now that's an explosive teaching. A mitzvah is a living being. It's stunning. A little kind word that you said to your wife, a nickel that you put in the pushka. It's a creation. And that's why the malachim appear before Hashem in the Beis Din Shalmala. It's to let us know how important it is to create such malachim that will defend us. We are expected to look in Eov and study the charade of the based in Shalmala and learn how important it is to try to utilize even the smallest and seemingly insignificant opportunities to be good. That's what the Malachim teach us, that nothing is insignificant. There's no question that this awareness is the key to greatness. I'll give you an example. Suppose you would like to be a good man, but you know that you're not. You're mean. You're selfish. You're Baal Gaiva. You're thinking about yourself all the time. That's the truth. But you don't want to go into Rosh Hashanah like that. You don't want to be Erev Yom Kippur. And you're still the same old you. So you remind yourself about this muscle and you think, all is not lost. I have to make a start somewhere. Even the smallest thing. You want to break your selfishness, so you do a little favor for another Jew. Oh, Hashem says, I'm listening now. You're doing something for another Jew. That is a good beginning. It's an excellent beginning. You can't tell what is going to happen. That one Jew, that little one thousandth of a Moloch, might show up someday on the Yom Adin and be the Moloch 
who will rescue you. And so if a man makes it his business to fight against what he really is, in his heart he knows he's really a cad. But he says, I'm going to make a bluff from time to time. I'll come home tonight and act nice to my family. They'll see through you. They know it's not so. Who cares? Because the Gemara says, if one malach speaks up for you, and not only if one malach speaks up, and 999 speak against you, but even if in that same malach, 999 parts of him speak against you too, only one thousandth of him speaks up for you, it's also an accomplishment. So 999 parts will say, oh, he's just doing it to show off. He was by Rabbi Miller's lecture and he heard something. So he's trying it out. No matter, because that other one thousandth will speak up for you. And that will be your salvation. And so if your family will say, tonight, he was a nice fellow. It's an accomplishment. If you can come to the synagogue and fool the rabbi and make him think that you're a nice fellow, very good. You're going into a grocery store. Fool the grocer while you're there. If you deal with people and put up a front, and so there are people who will speak up for you, you must know you have accomplished something. You have gained advocates who will speak up for you. Of course, the more that speak up, the better you are. But everything is important. Don't scorn any person. Nobody is unimportant. Sometimes you are passing somebody on the street and you bump into him by accident. You keep going. You mumble something maybe. No. Stop and say, excuse me, please. I'm so sorry. Not one person should ever be insulted by you. Sometimes a person is chatsuf and you lose patience with him and you think, I'm going to insult him. Oh, don't do it. You can't tell if that one person might be the one who speaks up against you on the Yom Hadin. Or if one man was favorably impressed by you, that advocate will speak up for you to Hashem. And he'll listen. Watch out for people. On the Yom Hadin, he might be the one. Or somebody told you his troubles. Let's say, you don't know what to do. Just say a few words of consolation. Tell him, look, You'll outlive it. It will pass by. Don't worry about it. Console him. It doesn't cost any money to say it. You can never tell. Words of encouragement and a smile are a bomb for the troubled soul. Think. Hashem encourages people. So I am going to encourage people too. Sometimes when people are discouraged, you can write them an anonymous letter. You don't have to sign your name and tell him you have a very good name in this neighborhood. People think well of you. It will lift his spirits. I once did that. There was a person who took out a bonus in an out-of-town shul. He had a lot of trouble there from his congregation. They were fighting with him about the mechitza, and it was discouraging for him. So I wrote him a letter. I didn't sign it. I wanted him to think it was somebody important. And I told him that he's doing a good job, that he'll soon see the fruits of his labors. Did you ever think about that? With 32 cents, sometimes you could do a very big mitzvah of encouraging people. Just try it once. Write a letter to somebody, even to your Rebbe. He has enemies, no question about it. Every Rebbe has enemies. That you have to know. So write him a letter encouraging your Rebbe. Say, we are all for you, Rebbe. We are all loyal to you. It will make him feel good. Don't think it's a small thing. Encourage your Rebbe in the misifta. He's working hard and he needs the parnasa too. So make sure not to discourage him. Honor him and make him feel good. And after the shear, walk over to him and say, Rebbe, I enjoyed your shear. Even if you didn't. It's a mitzvah to be me'oided anavim. So make sure to encourage him. Not only people you shouldn't scorn. Don't scorn even the smallest opportunity. You say, well, I only have five minutes left. There's no use of trying to learn now. Oh no, 
open a sefer and get in five minutes of learning. Five minutes of learning is a tremendous achievement. In the Kalmar Yeshiva, they had a special learning seder. After they finished learning in Davening Mariv, all the Bacharim went home for the day. And then they had to come back to the base medrash once again and learn for five more minutes. And then they went home again. They did it in order to train themselves to know that five minutes of learning is precious. That even the smallest of things should not be disdained. Let's say you said Shimona Esrei and you were wandering someplace in the jungles. You were traveling all over the world as your mouth was mumbling the brachas. Then you came back at the end of Shimona Esrei. You're almost finished. The whole Shimona Esrei. And you accomplished nothing. At the very end, do something. Rescue something. At least the last bracha, say with kavana. Save something from the whole destruction. At least a little something. Even if it's only one thousandth of something. Should remain from how you ruined the entire Shemona Esrei. Sometimes you went through a whole Birkas Amazon and you weren't thinking a thing. Don't scorn whatever you can salvage. Even if you already finished, utilize the tefillahs at the end. That's important. Be mechavin these words. Did you ever stop and ask Hashem? Hashem, please give me oilam haba. So at least that little bit you can salvage from Birkas Amazon. Please give me the merit to see you in oilam haba. You saved something from the Birkas Amazon. You asked him for Oilam Haba. That's what the Tana is telling us. Don't consider anything unimportant. And so, this mushal of the angels gathered in judgment. I won't say it's only a mushal. We will call it a play. A charade is for the purpose of emphasizing every small thing. HaKadosh Baruch who wants us to see the importance of any small thing that you do. If you walk in the streets, why waste time? Say, from here till the end of the street, I'm going to think about Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Isn't that a wonderful thing? It's not Pesach. It's Wednesday in the middle of the year. You should remember the day that I took you out of Mitzrayim, all the days of your life. Of course, it means morning and night. But during the daytime, it's also a mitzvah, an optional mitzvah. Remember his wonders that I did. As you're riding in the subway, holding onto the strap, don't think that your opportunities now are not important. One minute of thinking. I'm going to think now about the man that fell in the midbar. Of course, keep your hands on your wallet. One hand is holding onto the strap. The other hand is on your wallet. And you're thinking about the food that Hashem sent down from the heavens. Those thoughts are creating a malach. And so all the malachim of all of your wasted minutes during the day will be quieted when this one malach pipes up for you. There's so much to think about. So many opportunities. What about thinking about the most important subject of all? HaKadosh Baruch Hu, on the way home, even if you will just think about HaKadosh Baruch Hu for one second, it's a mitzvah. Don't forget Hashem. And even one second is something. There is no limit to how much. It is a very big mitzvah to think about HaKadosh Baruch Hu, even for one minute. It's a small thing, and it's easy to do. Now, there are very many things to do. There are countless gems in life that a person can find if he would just bend over and pick them up and use them. Of course, if you keep that in mind all the time and make everything important, matov, very good. But the mushal of the malachim that appear before Hashem in the based in Shalmala is to let us know how important even that one solitary thing might be. That's the reason we find it portrayed in such a way. It's a great Sanhedrin with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Yoishev Barosh. And each Malach speaks up to talk about you. About you, Chaim Yankel. About you, Chana. 
And even though you might not have rov zechuyos, but you showed something in you, some decency, a little bit of erlichkeit, some righteousness, that there is a possibility for you to do something for the new year that will be different from the old year. And so when the Malach opens his mouth, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Pida'ehu meredet shahat, redeem him from going down to the grave. Matzati kofer, even though it is only a small thing, I have found redemption. I see that in your mind there is stirring Ahavamina. I see there is a possibility that you might do these things in the year to come. And if that is the case, I will give you another chance. And now we come to a second, more general and more important answer to the question that we asked. What's the purpose of these malachim that are speaking up for us if Hashem knows it anyhow? We know why malachim exist. They were created for us to learn from. That's what the Rosh Hashiva told the Bachar. Whatever the Malachim are doing, it's being done for us to see. If the Malachim are tamid misaprim kvod kel, if they are busy saying all kinds of tishbachas to HaKadosh Baruch so we have to study their shira and emulate them. And if they're doing it, bekol raj gadol, if they're very excited about it, so we have to do the same. Nekadesh et shimcha ba'olam keshem shemagdishimoto bishmei marom. We'll say kedusha to him, just like the malachim do. If our models in Shamaim are doing it, then that is what we have to do too. And if that's the case, then we have to study the malachim as much as possible. As we learn from the Navim and Kesuvim, the divrei chazal, whatever we see about the malachim, we are expected to try to emulate their ways. Now we come to one of the most important elements in the entire subject of Rosh Hashanah, an element which will have a strong bearing on the Yom Hadin. This story of the angel who speaks up, no matter what others are saying, even if 999 other malachim are speaking not good things, and even if this malach himself is only one part out of 999, still he speaks up for you, that's meant as a model for you to emulate. No matter what, you're going to get busy speaking up for the Am Yisrael. And just like when the Malach speaks up on your behalf, Hashem listens. So Hashem will listen to you. The Oyev Amo Yisrael listens intently to those who speak up on behalf of the Am Yisrael. And that's one of the most important purposes of that great event that's taking place right now in Shamayim, in the Beis Din Shalmala. Those Malachim who are speaking up for the Am Yisrael are teaching you how you should react to the Yom Hadin. You should speak up for the Am Yisrael. You know on the Rosh Hashanah, everybody is busy. They're worried about the future. And that's very good. That's how it should be. Kama the Kayev Inish Datei Tefei Male. The more you worry about the Yom Hadin, the better off you are. Gemara Rosh Hashanah. That's part of the Avoidah on Rosh Hashanah. Only then, what happens? Everyone is thinking only about himself. I'm talking about the good ones. They're thinking about me, me, me. But the Kaddish Baruch Hu wants us to learn how important it is for us also to speak up for other people and to be malamed zuchus, that others should be zoyche badin. We should be worried about everyone else too. We want all from Jews to be blessed. We want that all from Jews should have a good year. You want your neighbors to have a good year. Your mother-in-law should be blessed. Your daughter-in-law too. You want them to have a good year as well. Your competitors in business. Your competitors among the Hasidim. Even though they are Hasidim of a different Rabbi. They are all from Jews. And they deserve a good year. You want everyone in Lakewood to be Matzliach. Satmar too. And all the Chaim Berliners and the Mirrors and the Torah Vadas. Everyone in Mansi and Pesach and B'nai Brak and in Yerushalayim. You are thinking about them. You want them to all have a good year. Oh, you really want that? So get busy being a Malach Melitz for them. On the Rosh Hashanah, speak up for them. Talk constantly about the virtues of our people. HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Look how charitable the Am Yisrael is. They're giving Miser a tenth of their income 
Some even give more. They're Rachmanim bere Rachmanim. They're compassionate, even on Gentiles. Jews have more pity on Gentiles than Gentiles do. Where can you find a nation like that? Where, Hashem? Don't think these words. Say them. It's a people who give up pleasure for you, Hashem. They come at night to the Beis HaMedrish to learn. Night after night, Jewish women don't go into the movies. They don't go look for entertainment. They're happy with their domestic duties. Find their pleasures in the homes, raising children to serve you. Jewish women don't traipse out for entertainment. They don't mix with other people. From Jewish fathers and mothers are busy day and night raising children for you, Hashem. They sacrifice their lives for that. They deny themselves pleasures when they are traveling out of cities and there are no Jewish restaurants. They don't eat. Period. They're hungry. They want to eat but can't go into that restaurant. Where do you find a nation that's willing to suffer for its ideals? And they have to have non-shotness clothing. Every Jew, when he buys a suit, he must see that it's guaranteed not shotness. A firm Jew cannot talk Lashonara. Very many people guard their tongues. Today, very many Jews are careful with what they talk, not to slander any fellow man. Self-denial. A holy ideal. Kodesh Kadoshem. Where do you find such things? How decent from Jews are. Do you have a love of Yichud among Goyim? A man comes and he wants to sleep in your house and you say, well, I have to go to work in the morning. Will you get up early in the morning to go to work with me? I can't let you stay alone in the house with my wife. Now among Gentiles, that would be unthinkable. It would be so unpleasant and impolite. But Jews speak openly about Yichud. They call up the rabbi and ask Shilas about Yichud. A man's wife is in the hospital, in the maternity ward. He is left with little children, and his wife's sister is coming to stay with the children. He calls up. What should I do, Rebbe? So the Rav says, you have to move out of the house. Did you ever hear such things among Gentiles? It's an Am Kadosh, a holy nation. Constantly Jews are beset by such problems, and they fulfill the laws. Now, I'm not telling you this just for my own sake. I'm telling you what you should be saying. Speak up. Of course, you think about yourself too. Chayecha kodmin. Certainly think about yourself. But in addition to yourself, don't think that that is enough. You must be worried not only about your wife and your children, not only your Edom and Schneer, but also your people. That's why we are mispal Baloshan Robim, because we care about the Robim. First of all, your own panecha. All of us here, in your kihila and Rosh Hashanah, pray for them. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, have Rachmanus on my kihila. They come in every day, three times a day to daven. These ones come in the evening to learn. These come early in the morning before davening to learn. These come both of those times. They're coming for you, Hashem. And so, while everyone is sitting and singing the Nigunim on Rosh Hashanah, you're also participating in the singing. Why not? You'd like the Nigunim. Tra-la-la! Oy-oy-oy-oy-oy! But don't forget to look around at all the people in your Beis HaKnesses and your Beis HaMedrash and speak up for them. Not only klal as much as you can, be mefaresh the brocha, be expressive. You see a chaver across the room, Pray for him. Oh, Hashem, he's a good man. That man is working all day in the office for you. He would love to sit on the couch all day, but he gets up early in the morning and runs out to the office to make a living. For what? For who? He's working so that he can fulfill the promise that he made in his kasuba. He's bringing home money for rent so that he and his wife can build a base hamigdash. He's working to pay schar limut so that his children can go to the yeshivas in base Yankovs. It's a lot of money. Tuition is expensive. And the liberal Jews don't make it any easier by fighting against the from schools, getting money from their government. But no matter, he's paying. And to continue to pay big money for kosher food, kosher food costs much more than Gentile food. He deserves good health. Give this man a good year. Oh, a Baruch Hu says, 
You are learning from the malachim. That is why I made the malachim. I don't need them, but I made them as a model for you. You should learn from the malachim. Just like the malachim speak up. And you see, I pay attention to them. I will listen to you as well. You're defending somebody? You're being a malach. Melitz now. And there is more to it. Because it'll save you too. It's a good investment when you train yourself to speak up for other Jews. Because hadan et ha-chaveiro lekavzuchus. Hamakom yedunehu lekavzuchus. One who judges his fellow man favorably will be judged favorably by Hashem. Gemara Shabbos. Oh, Hashem says, you want him to be zakai. You're interested in the good fortune of my people. Then I'm interested in your good fortune. If you're a malach melitz for him, so I will listen to the malach melitz who speaks up for you. And so if a person adds this element of being a malach melitz to his avoida on Rosh Hashanah, if he is mispalel for his fellow Jews and judges them lekav zechus, he wants them to have atzlocha and be zoyche badin, and he therefore speaks up for them. So Hashem says, that is the zechus that is going to give you a zechus. I see you're a person who learned the lesson from my malachim, and just for that, you deserve to be zoyche, a kesiva, v'chasima toiva, l'shara tova, Let's get practical. Resolutions for Rosh Hashanah. When Rosh Hashanah comes near, I have to do whatever I possibly can to add onto my merits. And the angels who gather before the Melech HaMishpat teach me a path to success. The one thousandth of a Malach teaches us that even the smallest thing will speak up in my favor. And therefore, from now until Yom Kippur, I will believe that choose to do three extra small things every day to get into the habit of appreciating how important even the smallest thing is. The Malach Melitz also taught me that Hashem wants us to speak up on behalf of our fellow Jews. And therefore, this Rosh Hashanah, I will blineder, spend two minutes during the tefillahs speaking up for the Am Yisrael, the nation as a whole, and for individuals as well.